Hello and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. In today's episode, Danette, Kanika and Jez all talk about the power of curiosity and how to rediscover yours. They not only cover things they're curious about, but they also talk about nature and why that invokes curiosity and also some different science studies that give us a greater depth of look into the types of curiosity you can experience. Uh, as always, we record these on every Friday, 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time on Spotify Green Room, which means you can join in the conversation. We'd love to have you for our next one. Um, so until then, enjoy this conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. Uh, if you're joining us on Green Room today, uh, feel free to jump in. We'll definitely have you on. But if you aren't, you can always join us every Friday at 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. And today, as you can see, we're talking about how to rediscover your curiosity. Uh, and it's also inspired by an article I've written this week, which I'll include the link to in the uh, description of this. So you can go look at that as well if you want to look at some other techniques. But I thought I'd get on Danette, our Director of Learning, to talk a little bit about curiosity. So I want to welcome in uh, Danette, first of all. So, hey, Danette, how are you going? Thanks so much, Jez. And I've got to say, I loved your article too. It was fabulous. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was a fun one to write. I liked that one. Um, And also, if you are in the waiting room, definitely feel free to come in and talk. This is an open conversation. Uh, So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about curiosity. But first, I thought I'd check in and I think people want to know in the audience, how has your week been, Danette? Oh, actually, it's been a really lovely week. The um, spring weather is coming. The canola crops around us are starting to blossom. So there's lots of bright yellow. And um, each evening we've pretty much been able to sit out in the spa and watch the stars come up as the sun sets. And one night this week we saw the most amazing shooting star, which went um, halfway across the horizon. So normally you just see them drop really really fast, but lasted for about six seconds and it had a blazing trail. So phenomenal. Loved it. So yeah, my week's been great. How about yours, Jez? Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, well, that also that shooting star sounds unreal. That's one of the benefits of the farm night there. Um, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's been a really good week. We've had good weather in Melbourne finally. Uh, So even if we are in lockdown, it's actually been really nice. Uh, So it's been relaxing this week and um and so that's been really good. We've had a good week. Um, I, and so I guess uh, talking about stuff that was positive this week, I did want to start this podcast with a slightly different question. And I wanted to ask you, Danette, what is your favorite thing to get curious about? Oh, can I have more than one? You absolutely can. <laughs> I've got a number of things that I, I'm curious about. So um, one of the things I love and it makes me curious all the time is books. So I'm constantly looking at what books are coming out and, you know, thinking, oh, what can I learn from that? So books really help me. Being out in nature, so as Jez said, the spring weather has been beautiful. Graham and I have been going walking every morning and uh, one morning we saw a kangaroo in the paddock. Um, another day we saw a fox and a cat. Um, and we've got two potty calves in the next-door neighbour's paddocks that come running over when they see us. So being out in nature and just watching nature evolve. Um, even so at the moment our irises are coming up. So each morning looking at the, you know, the different stages of the purple irises is, is stunning. The other things that I'm really curious about, people. So, so what makes us tick, what makes us succeed, you know, how – 
how do how are we shaped in terms of each of us being individuals? What are our strengths? Yeah, how can we support one another, collaborate? All that interests me. And I think the future, because the world's changing so fast, just trying to understand what's coming towards us and being a little bit prepared and absolutely open and curious to how could this make our lives better? So that for me, what about you, Jez? What are you what's the favorite thing you're curious about at the moment? Well, I just have to say, Mum, hold on to those ideas because in a in a bit I'm going to come down to uh, – I'm going to talk about an article that talks about the five different types of curiosity, and I think you covered a couple there, which will be interesting oh, nice. to look at. Um, nice. But I thought let's also introduce someone who's joined the chat, uh, our awesome content creator slash uh, does everything, Kanika Chopra. So, hey, Kanika, how are you going? Hi, I'm good. Sorry, it took me a second. As you know, my green room app is quite glitchy. <laughs> um, it's great to have you here, Kanika. Great to hear your voice. Great to hear everyone's voice. I was going to say, great to see all of you, but it's not Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually also have an interesting uh, science uh, thing to do with Zoom as well that I was reading about when I was reading about Curiosity, but we'll get to that in a sec. Let's. Um, we were just doing the first question here, which is what is uh, some of your favorite things to get curious about, Kanika? I think some of my favorite things to get curious about is how things work. I feel like if I see something new or if I, it'll be as simple as like if I'm looking at a plant and I'll be like, is this plant a fruit or a vegetable? Oh, how does it grow? Why does it grow this way? I'll just Love Google it. it. Um, my Google search can get very weird because like I'll just think of something random and look it up. I love um, that. Because I like I like to know things. I used to be a bit of a know-it-all in school as well. Um, and I think that's kind of where the curiosity comes from. Like, I love asking why. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found that my doctors even get annoyed with me because I ask too many questions sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's that's... good. I think it's how you learn. I love to know things. Yeah, well, that's all good. And keep those in mind because some of those are very um, uh, reminiscent of one of the five uh, dimensions of curiosity that we'll look at shortly. Um, Some things that I'm really curious about, uh, uh, at the moment I've been really interested in uh, fun as a concept. I'm really interested in what make something really fun versus what makes it not. Uh, mm. And because I think it's a sort of, it's a tangible but intangible thing. So yep. I've been looking at that. And I mean, I like just weird, dumb stuff like skateboarding and basketball. I like looking really into those um, nice. and stuff like that. But this is a great opportunity for us to look at something I was going to look at at the end, but I think we've crossed into it really early. And I think I'll talk a little bit about for people that are curious about curiosity, I read a Harvard Business Review article today that's called The Five Dimensions of Curiosity, and its subheadline was, How Are You Curious? Okay? So we're going to look at different ways you can be curious, and I think we'll run into some of the things that we've all been talking about as we go through it. It's based on work by uh, Berline and Lowenstein. So let's have a look. So there's five different uh, ways that they uh, sort of pondered that you could be curious and we can even talk about them a little bit first. And I think the first one, Kanika, is exactly what you're talking about. The first type they had is called deprivation sensitivity. 
And this is, uh, so when we think about curiosity, we tend to think of a sort of positive thing, but this one is essentially uh, staving off a negative thought. So people that have deprivation sensitivity are people who feel uncomfortable not knowing something and so feel relief learning the gaps in their knowledge. Oh, I love that. God, that sounds exactly like me. <laughs> I didn't know there was a name for it. I thought it was just annoying. <laughs> no, it's curiosity. Yeah. Well, I'd say you have a very developed version of that, which is good, though, because it will keep you curious your whole life. And so that's and that has a heap of um, benefits, which we will talk about in a bit. Um, but anyway, so that's that's the first type. The second type um, is joyous exploration. This is people who are consumed by wonder about the fascinating features of the world. And I think we all have some of this as well. I know, Kanika, certainly you feel this about like you were talking about veggies and uh, fruit and I know animals as well. And Mom, I know this one uh, speaks to you a lot as well, and it certainly speaks to me as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful one. Mm. So that's a good one. Uh, another one, Mum, that you were talking about is social curiosity, which is talking, listening, and observing others to learn about their thoughts and actions. Oh, I like that too. So that's an, yeah, that's another good way you can be curious. Um, so, and hopefully, people that are listening are starting to find ones that they might be stronger in, and some that they might be weaker in. Um, the next one is an interesting one. It's called stress tolerance, and it's a willingness to accept and even harness the anxiety associated with novelty. Mm-hmm. So, these are people that don't mind doing things that are a little hard um, if there's a sort of novelty attached to it. Nice. Oh. Yeah. And then finally, they had thrill-seeking, which is being willing to take on physical, social, or financial risks and burdens to acquire varied, uh, complex, and intense experiences. So this would be people that like doing bungee jumping and are curious about feelings like that. Wow. And it could even be, you know, entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's a really interesting idea. I'll have to get you to send me a link, Jess. I will, I'll, and I'll put a link to that in the uh, in the uh, show notes and description of the podcast. Nice. But um, nice. so I just, yeah, I thought as we went through uh, some of your uh, favorite things to get curious about, we can see that they fit within these categories, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's jump on to our second question today. And I was wondering if either of you had some easy ways to get curious. And we might start with Danette here. Yep. Oh, that's what I love doing. So um, I think being present, wherever you are being present, because all of a sudden you notice more of what's going on around you. So it it opens you to that curiosity. For me, um, asking questions can be really helpful and just trying to understand other people's perspectives. And I get that, I suppose, through the coaching that I do. So listening to other people and going, oh, okay, I can see how you've come to that conclusion. One of the things I love to do, and we're very blessed, Graham and I, to live on a farm, is to be able to just go wandering in nature and just discover things. So I've, we've been walking and seen echidnas, and as I said, this week um, we've seen um, a kangaroo and a few other animals in the paddocks. So it's just beautiful. Obviously, for me, reading widely, if you've seen any of our video book reviews, you know I read a lot. And... Um, 
a concept I got from a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which I highly recommend to anyone who wants to boost their creativity, and it certainly helps make you curious as well, is she has a concept called The Artist's Date, where once a week you take yourself off by yourself and go and do something that is to explore, you know, any type of art. It could be going to a movie, it could be going to a museum, and obviously these are when you're allowed out of lockdown. But, you know, you can visit museums and galleries online now. So even being able to do that. The the other big one for me, actually there's two big ones, talking to strangers and just understanding their perspective. And the last one, which, Jez, you actually taught me when you were doing your gap year overseas, is when you arrive in a new place, walk around without a map and just discover stuff. So I that that I never thought of that before um, we caught up with you on your gap year and that ever since I've practiced that and it's actually a beautiful way to be curious. Great question. That that's awesome. Yeah, I um I definitely think that that's something you can even apply in your own city if you go to somewhere that you haven't really been too much before. It's just it's it's a good way to just mix things up and I feel like usually you either find something awesome or something or you eat something that's too weird as uh, Kanika and <laughs> I tried on our first day in Vietnam uh, but look it's it's that's the fun of it uh, I wanted to Kanika do you have any fun easy ways that you uh, like to get curious um so reading is definitely one of them um as Nettie said, I remember when I was younger, um, I'm mostly a fiction reader. I really struggle to read nonfiction, but I feel like fiction has enough lessons in it and enough life, real life in it to sort of feed into knowing real life things. It's so um, true. But I, and it's also just like, I feel like fiction is a really good way because it's more how people feel than how they think. A lot of fiction is about nonfiction is about how to think and how to be, whereas I feel like fiction is on how to feel. So I feel like it broadens your emotional vocabulary or your emotional spectrum in a way because mm-hmm. you're being put into situations and feeling things that you wouldn't have felt otherwise. Um But in terms of traveling, I never took a gap year, uh, but I used to, as a kid, read books from different authors in different countries to sort of experience the culture of different countries. Mm. So that's a budget way to do it, if anyone (laughs) wanted to do that. It's just just how they use, even, even how things are translated, even like culturally, it's so exciting to do that. Um, I feel like also when I was younger, my mom really inculcated the idea of like asking why and asking questions before just like agreeing to something or doing something, because I think she wanted me to be able to really like stick up for myself and have all the information I need to have. So I think asking questions is another one. So I would say primarily for me, reading and asking questions. And if you're ever in doubt as to what question to ask, you can always just say why, (laughs) Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, amazing answers. And I, I just some easy ways that I like to get curious as well, just quickly. Um, and you can read more about these in the article, but I like to watch documentaries on stuff. Or sometimes I like to look at a topic that I used to think about a lot more, whether it's, you know, uh, ancient civilizations and just learn a little bit more about it because there's always a lot of interesting stuff to learn um, in that category. 
Uh, before mm-hmm. we get to our final question, though, I did want to talk quickly about something that you are both uh, passionate about when it comes to curiosity. And I wanted you to just maybe talk a little bit about what you're so curious about. And that is, uh, for both of you, nature. I know it's both something that you both are quite passionate about. So I might start with Kanika here. What is it about um, nature that makes you curious about it? Um, I mean, I, being a city girl my whole life, born and raised, nature was always sort of like this elusive thing to me. Um, but I also think it's so mysterious, like things work so uniquely and so differently. And it's so wonderful to see how like even like the smallest creatures like have such a large impact you know, on like the entirety of like the human ecosystem. <laughs> like if ants were to die out, it might severely affect all of us mm. in ways we never thought of. So I think it's just about knowing like the role different creatures play in how we exist and why we exist and how it sort of contributes to like a bigger scale. Cause you never think of that usually, do you like with a bug or whatever no. um, or like a plant. So it's about how all these things like kind of have their place in the world and they're there for a reason and exist for a reason. And I think I like to know those reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and I also think it's, I also think it's so interesting. Like I once learned that there's like the, there are ants, like colonies that grow their own food, like the grass cutter ants grow wow. their own food. They harvest grass and take them into like their little colony nesting, and they like kind of like excrete some kind of thing on it that then makes like kind of mold grow on this grass, which is food for the entire colony. Wow, cool! So they're like little farmers <laughs> underground. <cool>. <laughs> So, I mean, how is that not interesting? Why would anyone not know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of why I like nature. You always learn something really strange. Yeah, totally. And uh, Danette, what about you? What, what's it about nature that you find so curious or sparks oh, your curiosity? Well, I'm going to start on Kanika's theme about ants because one of the things I've noticed is there's always been a massive ant nest just down the road. So when I was growing up, I hundreds of thousands, probably billions of ants. And they they basically come and if fruit um, drops to the ground in summer, they clean it up so we don't get fruit fly. But what I've noticed since um, lockdown, because we've been home longer and we're obviously recycling or putting our compost material out on the compost heap, is they've actually moved their nest closer to our house to be closer to the food source in the compost heap, which is so clever. Yeah. That's really cool. (laughs) So that for me, living on a farm, every day you see nature. Um, I remember a couple of years ago I I was hanging out some sheets and there was a brown snake under the um, clothesline and, and absolutely scared me. But last year we had a couple hanging around the house and we learned a little bit more about them and actually they're endangered um, they're f- more frightened of us than um, the other way around. And really, if if you can help them just get out of your road, they go away. And so learning that's actually made me far more confident with them and not fearful and just admiring that, you know, they are really actually endangered because most things are trying to kill them, which is not a nice thing. The other thing I'd add is... I know from all the reading I've done and and just living in nature that it's so good for our mental health and well-being. And 
even just things like watching the sunrise or watching the sunset helps set our body clock much better for sleeping. And the one thing I love to do when I'm just stuck creatively is to just go wandering because there is, as Kanika said and, and you said, Jez, as well, you know, there's so much to explore and everything changes every day, which is amazing. Absolutely. Great question. Yeah, no, that's all right. I just thought it's something you guys are both uh, into, and I, I thought it's it's always good to get people that are passionate about stuff to talk about mm. their passions. It's always uh, interesting. And uh, also, if you're an international listener and you don't know what the brown snake is, I recommend you look it up. It is a it's really one of our most scary ones. So the fact that Danette's fine with it is uh, a great, <laughs> great lesson. I think it's the <laughs> second most deadly in the world, just yeah. outside our back door. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to add to this as well, just in context of nature and why we find it interesting. I think a lot of people, I don't know, this is maybe a subconscious thing with me, like knowing more about nature and having more information about it technically makes it less scary. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Because it's the because it's the unknown that kind of freaks people out sometimes. Mm. So I feel like having information and Knowing about it and knowing the importance and value it kind of holds in larger structures um, maybe makes it feel less intimidating, more important. You develop a kind of like a respect for it in a way where you're just like this is an integral part of this process. Mm. Um, so I feel like that's an interesting sort of take on why nature and curiosity kind of go hand in hand for maybe me. Mm. And actually, you've just reminded me, Kanika, that... Um, there's a study that shows we don't even have to be out in nature. So, you know, I, I'm very aware that a number of people won't be able to get outside in nature at the moment. But even looking at a picture of nature, whether it's on the screen or a photo or something, actually helps with our mental health and well-being. So seeing the colours green and blue and yellow and stuff actually soothe our brains. So that's a really good reminder. Amazing. And, and all of this actually, this sort of... Um learning and uh, respecting of nature and having the knowledge to then sort of feel calmer as you're talking about. It actually leads me, I did a bit of research into a couple of uh, science studies about curiosity because I, last week I was, uh, when I was looking up some science studies, I thought there was some really interesting stuff. And the study I wanted to talk about quickly, um, just that's not really related to this, but the Zoom one that I was talking about is apparently one of the reasons Zoom chats, the conversations on that are really awkward is because our human uh, social cues of looking at someone to tell them to start talking uh, is not possible to do. So uh, researchers mm. are working on that right now to make it so that people can uh, engage more properly uh, just mm. with sort of eye cues and stuff. Anyway, that was uh, that's, uh, that's besides the point. That's when I was looking up curiosity. But I wanted to talk about two particular uh, experiments that were run that really interested me because they showed two things about curiosity together. So the first one has a fun name. And I actually wanted to see if you, either of you could uh, use your curiosity to maybe guess what these could be about. So the first one's called A Wizard of Oz Study of Curiosity in Human-Robot Interaction by Law, Kai, Liu, and Sacy. Um, so I wanted to maybe ask you two, what do you think um, that A Wizard of Oz Study about the curiosity in human-robot interactions could be? And I'll start with Kanika. What do you think it could be about? Uh, wow. Can you just like repeat that again? That was like a mouthful. I'm just like trying to still make sense of that sentence. Human robot curiosity. 
It's a, it's a Wizard of Oz study of curiosity in human-robot interaction. Wow. Okay. I I feel like this could do um this could do with something like where humans are very like anthropomorphic centered. Like everything is very human centric in our world. Like we view everything from a lens of how it affects us, and not generally from a lens of how it affects people, other other like living organisms. So I think maybe it's how we like to see ourselves in everything. Like we humanize dogs, we humanize cats, we humanize plants, we give things names. So I think doing that with technology and trying to make that interaction happen with like a robot, where again, we're just trying to humanize another thing that we can create uh, is maybe got something to do with that. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty good guess. Uh, Danette, do you want to have a, do, do, is this sparking any ideas? In my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, I'm glad you gave that to Kanika. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I have no idea. So I'm willing to say, share with us, Jess. Sure. So Kanika actually kind of was on the right track in some ways, but it was looking at how humans react to robots that have surprising behaviors. So they were looking at how oh. the human brain reacts to a robot that doesn't behave how we think it's supposed to behave. So the experiment was to have a robot called Recyclo, who is a robot that helps with recycling, and people are teaching it what is a recyclable object and what isn't. The Wizard of Oz element in it is that someone is remotely controlling and driving the robot. So this robot (laughs) is not uh, learning on its own. It's just, it's being controlled by someone. And that's the Wizard of Oz element where he was behind the gears uh, doing all that. Um, And so the driver would exhibit some unsurprising and some surprising actions. And the results showed that surprise gave rise to a sense of curiosity and engagement from the human Participants. So the, every time that the robot did something surprising, it actually engaged them more and made them more curious about it. However, it also had a negative influence on trust, which makes sense because mm-hmm. uh, robots can be scary if they're doing stuff that you don't know why they're doing it. <laughs> now, um, and so I, I wanted to keep that in mind as I did another one that's going to show us something quite interesting as well, which is called – I'm not going to make you guess about this one because it's a little more intense, but it's called Epi- uh, Epistemic Curiosity, Feeling of Knowing – an explanatory behavior, which is by Littman uh, and Russen. And the experiment was to give 12 multi-choice questions um, to some participants and not ask them to answer the, the questions, but to list their thoughts as either I don't know, it's on the tip of my tongue, or don't know. So I know it, I it's on the tip of my tongue, or don't know. They're the three options that they could put for each question. Uh, they were asked how much they wanted to know the answers to the questions at the end. So... Uh, what, what their findings were was that the most popular uh, answers to know from the group were the ones that were on the tip of the tongue, um, which was uh, the one people were most curious about because they almost knew it and you were essentially filling in a gap in the knowledge. On a brain scanner, it also showed that it produced feelings of uncertainty and tension, unlike the others, like the don't know and I do know um, were very calming. Uh, at, and the tip of the tongue was uh, did produce some sort of anxiety as well. And people were also less curious about the answers they didn't know than the ones that were on the tip of the tongue. So people weren't necessarily interested in learning a new facts, but they were interested in uh, filling in the gaps in their knowledge. And wow. what I wanted to, Yeah, which is kind of interesting. But what I wanted to essentially bridge these two together, the reason I picked them both, is that I think what we can learn from this is things that um, – 
curiosity, while it can be a positive experience, also for some people may be a sort of negative and stressful experience um, because the the gaps in the knowledge might, uh, you know, they might have that uh, deprivation sensitivity thing where they feel uncomfortable not knowing something. Sometimes information can be interesting. And I think this leads into our final question, which we can quickly cover. And that's some signs you need to get curious because it, I, I can understand for some people, maybe curiosity, looking at these two examples, maybe it's a little, it, it can be a little scary. So um, Danette, maybe I'll start with you. What are some signs you need to get curious? Yep. So I think when we're in a rut, um, we tend to be comfortable and in that space we tend not to be as curious and, and curiosity at the end of the day helps serve us moving forward because our world's changing so we have to get you know curious about what those changes are and how we can navigate them and, and you know leverage them and, and benefit from them rather than being sort of um, what's the word for it blindsided by them. So I think, you know, if you're feeling, um, you know, you've got really strong opinions, then I think that's a really great place to get curious about other people's perspectives and, and opinions. Any inflexible thinking, if you're bored, all of those, or you just feel like you need a bit more aliveness or spark, I think that's a sign that you do need to get curious. Great question, Jen. No problem, man. Kanika, are there any signs that you feel like sometimes uh, if you need to get more curious, is there things that you notice in yourself? Um, I feel like I usually notice these things where I'm in a situation and something is posed to me and I don't have an idea or a solution or a way to think of it. Um, I hate kind of being put on the spot. Um, so I think when I'm in a situation, sometimes I'm just like, okay, I need to look this up more. But like you said, it's to fill in the gaps in my knowledge. Um, yep. that's the kind of thing I do. But I think in general, my curiosity is pretty much, um, always, I just think it has to be something that really interests me. Like, for example, like if I, for me, like other than nature, things like cooking and stuff, and I think just day-to-day things on how I can do them better, or if I want to eat something new, food is a big motivator for me. So eating differently and eating well. Um, so I don't know if I have like a telltale sign of when I actually need to get creative but when i'm really like low like i said reading always helps like it always just like picks me up out of it um yeah i don't know me too but that's kind of i feel like when i'm not feeling curious or creative i'm just like probably just really busy doing other stuff (laughs) (laughs) and when that stuff stops i'm just like okay wow everything feels a bit strange maybe i need to just read a book and sit in the sun and like do some gardening (laughs) nice love it yeah well thank you both so much for being on the podcast and i'll give you both a quick chance to say something um any final notes you want to have about rediscovering curiosity but i did want to also mention um on Thursdays, we're doing uh, uh, sort of a lunchtime uh, chat, uh, and Danette and Graham are running those. Uh, so you can jump on. We have links on social media, so you can follow those and uh, jump on live and have a chat. And also on Fridays, obviously, we're doing this at 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. And I did also want to shout out to uh, Kanika's venture, More Than Melanin, 
which mm-hmm. has a zine that you can purchase now. There's not many left. So if you want to get in, get in now. I'll put a link to that in the show description. Um, it's a great and, read. Yeah, it's a really good read. Uh, and it's nice and brief. And it's it's about uh, isolation. Uh, what, what What is it? Sorry? Intimacy and solitude. Intimacy mm-hmm. and solitude. So that's something we may all be experiencing. So it's a great read for that. If you want to get on and uh, grab yourself a copy, there's also some fun bits and pieces that come with it. Um, but let's jump into the... Fine. Oh, is there anything you want to say about that, Kanika, actually, before we go on? Um, not really, but any support would be fully appreciated. I'm also running a scheme which is um, called – I'm just, like, paying it forward. So if a poetry uh, publication is something you're not interested in, you could always pay for one so that I could send it to someone that would like it but can't afford it at this time. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's jump into some uh, final thoughts, and I might start with you, Danette, on uh, rediscovering your curiosity. Are there any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, so I was on a podcast with a dear friend called Stu Saunders the other day, and he had a guest called Jonathan Field who runs a project called The Good Life Project, and he has a podcast all about this. It's amazing. But he, he shared a quote which I thought was really Interesting. He said, there's no such thing as disruption without possibility. Pain and suffering will still be there. What got you here won't get you there. But what will get you there is your curiosity and being willing to take action. So for me, you know, that's a way of setting ourselves up to navigate this lockdown really well. Thanks, Jess. Great question. That's all right. And Kanika, do you have any final thoughts on uh, rediscovering your curiosity? Um, well, I like to think of curiosity in more of like a cheeky way. Um, and I really like this quote on curiosity where every time I feel like I'm about to like find something out or like even just like learn something about a person and I'm just like, maybe this will be too much. Maybe I shouldn't ask this question, but I'll just be like, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. I can't remember who it's by. But I think it's a very fun quote and it helps me keep asking questions sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Never stop asking questions, Kanika. Well, thank you both so much for this one. It's been a really fun chat. I've uh, really enjoyed this one, and I think we've all learned a lot. Um, yes. It's been really engaging. Uh, as I said b- before, this was inspired by an article that was written on uh, Magical Learning's website where you can go check out that and all our courses and learn a little bit more about ourselves. Uh, so feel free to go check that out. Um, other than that, I want to thank you both for being on here, uh, Kanika Chopra, our awesome content wizard and all-round does everything. Um, And Jeanette, our Director of Learning, thank you so much for being on again. Thank you. And thank you so much, Jez. And thank you, Kanika, too. Great. Thank you both so much. Such good questions, Jez. Loved your research this time. Yeah, me too. All right. All right. Thank you. Till next week. That's it. Have a magical week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this. As you heard, this is on Spotify Greenroom. And if you want to join us next week, feel free. We will be putting the topics on our social media. So if you follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you'll find out all the details you need about us. Beyond that, we hope you have a magical week. And if you need anything, uh, feel free to follow us on those uh, different social medias. And you'll find that uh, we are often giving stuff away for free as well. Until next time, from all of us here at Magical Learning, Have a magical week.